0: No!
1: can come to God unless God draws him. So as you stand here feeling led and pulled to God, be grateful, because he's working on you, amen. I have a special request this uh, this evening, our precious brother Josh Jenkins. On his way to his new home in Tennessee on Friday night, his motor blew up in his car. He was barely 2,000 miles over his full warranty new job new home getting married in less than two months please pray for me. brother bradley campbell amen so i can't imagine being in that quite that situation i had a little situation like it but i wasn't getting ready to get married or anything when I, my engine blew up in my truck going from phoenix to tucson but i was just living in a house with a bunch of brothers the marriage thing didn't come till later I was a little more stable, just a little. Amen. Love the Lord this evening. Amen. So let's pray for him, and we'll just pray over the tithes and offerings. Father, we love you. And Lord, we just, we feel for our brother this evening, Father. Stress level has gone up on him. Father, these things happening to him. But Lord, we believe and we know that good is going to come from this. And that's what we're praying, that you would help our brother this evening. Lord, you'd comfort his heart, take care of the vehicle situation, all the change in his life, Father. And Lord, as we come together to worship you, we pray that you would be in our midst, touch each and every heart, Lord. Lord, I know that you know what I have need of, and I know that you know what everybody here has a need of. Those streaming and those in audience, Father. We're looking to you by faith in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would touch each and every need. We ask that you bless the tithes and offerings magnify it to your kingdom, Lord. Move aside the man and let us see the gift in operation this evening, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Hey
0: Amen. Let's get a Lord a hand. Amen. And let's sing a little bit. I just want to pour... I just want to pour, I just want to pour my praise on you. I just I change. Unending love, unending
2: love,
0: amazing grace, amen. You may be seated. Brother Aaron, if you give us a song, right after Sister Dale, if you be preparing to give us a song, let's give Brother Aaron a hand. God bless y'all.
2: Down at your feet
0: I see. I mean, if you give her a hand, amen.
3: sing it with me.
4: Here is love, vast as the ocean, loving kindness as the flood.
0: saying, oh how I love Jesus there is a name I love to hear I love to sing his word it sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name.
5: this is your word it's your message it's your plan it's all about you lord so we commit ourselves into your hands may you bless both speaker and hearer we commit it to you in jesus name amen 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 god bless you friends turn around and shake hands with somebody everybody everybody make sure nine people need to go shake brother larry's hand praise the lord good to see you here tonight brother larry praise the lord man. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 29. Amen. I wasn't scheduled to preach tonight, but I was happy when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And I, um, I was able to, one of my, the, uh, the morning Bible studies that I do, and uh, this was the first one I've done this year, did one last year, the um, the school up there, uh, BAO, is that what it's called, I think, uh, Rach, is that, it's BAO up there in Washington State, I mean, in, in Canada, yeah, and so uh, they have different ministers come on and do morning devotion, so the other morning, Tuesday morning, in fact, yesterday morning, I actually took a version of this sermon tonight, which wasn't a sermon. It was just a little Bible study, 20 minutes long. Don't worry, I'm going to preach longer than 20 minutes. <laughs> and uh, as I was signing off the air, I thought to myself, I said, my goodness, that would I would love to figure out a way to preach that as a whole sermon. Well, the Lord just opened up the windows of heaven. That's what we're going to do. Praise the Lord. Proverbs chapter 29. <clears throat> and we're just going to read one verse, and the reason we're only going to take one verse is because we're going to read it from multiple translations, but we'll read this one, and we'll let you be seated. Proverbs chapter 29, I want to speak to you tonight on a title, Be Thou My Vision. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sister Deborah, I thought you were starting up with that for a second when I heard that celtic song that she was singing i started to walk around and go okay and as soon as you're done with that one start on this one be thou my vision it's a very popular song amen a servant i'm sorry verse 18 proverbs 29 verse 18 where there is no vision the people perish you don't want to perish do you where there is no vision the people perish but he that keepeth the law Happy is he. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You can be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. Go ahead and put my title slide up, Brother Gideon. Amen. It's interesting the various meanings that this word vision has in the Old Testament. And one of the correlations that you're going to see is it's attached in the Hebrew to the word revelation. I could, in fact, is one of the translations says it pretty much exactly like that, that where there is no revelation, the people perish because it is revelation that gives us vision. Now, you see that? You see that right there? Our forward vision 2019. This is one of those little quirky things today i was telling sister debbie about that normally i go to a kind of a a recent powerpoints i'll have three or four different designs in there and i'll just pick one duplicate it open it and then change all the insides of it change all the data so today when i was studying i thought for some reason for some weird reason i thought you know i'm gonna just go all the way back i haven't done this in years I'm going to go back to my, my larger repository and just see what strikes me. And when I open it, of course, it opens up, you know, and all kinds of thumbnails. And I saw that thumbnail. And I thought, yeah, I think that, that kind of a, a rustic way, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about Celtic, uh, the Christian movement there under St. Patrick. And that kind of looked a little rugged, amen. And I thought, and when I opened it, I saw those words, our forward vision. And I'm preaching tonight on Be Thou my, Our Vision, Be Thou My Vision. Now you'll notice in 2019, so one of the first things that I had to do was update it. <laughs> <laughs> Amen? So we're not using that title, nor am I using those notes, I'm, but I did pick these verses, this was the verse, this was the very verse I wanted to use. I mean, my mind was just blown for a few minutes. And I said, Lord, you're surely in this. <clears throat> now, I'm going to let you go, with it, go through it with me. From the New King, New King James Version, the NKJV, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. I'm going to tell you something, friends. That that right there, when I when I read that version of it, you know, where there's no vision, the people perish. What it's saying is that people without a without a headship in Christ, people without a revealed word, you're just going to go any way of the world. And I don't want to go any way of the world. And I don't want you to. And I don't want. Here's what we don't want to have to do. We don't want to have to figure it out. I want it to be revealed. I don't want to have to react and spend my whole Christian life reacting and going to the drawing board. I'd just rather already know what's going to happen. I'd already, I already would rather know the answer. I already want to know the the, uh, the result of it so that I am not operating in a reactive way. I'm actually, in God's word, we're able to be proactive. You can proactively be victorious. You can be victorious in a trial tonight you won't face till tomorrow. Amen? Amen? Amen. Are we dealing talking about the realms of eternity? We're not talking about time now. We're going into God's realm. And so, in fact, is when I when I thought about it, I thought, you know, I might invert that and call it our vision forward. But I actually on purpose thought, no, I'm gonna leave it just like that because you're gonna wanna have a vision. And if you're going to have a vision, it it needs to be a forward vision. Because I don't know about you, but I'm going forward. We're in the new year and I don't plan to stay around much longer. I certainly don't want to languish in the past. I want to go forward, 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 onward and upward. So it is our forward vision. First of all, you need a vision. Without it, you perish. But you need a vision that will help you go forward. Amen? Amen. Now, if you're failing and stumbling, you're not really going forward. Amen. You are moving along as Brother uh, Stephen Coffey preached. You know, whether you have your ups and downs, you're still on a journey headed to a destination. Amen. But, okay, great. I'm happy for my destination, but I'd like to count for something right. while I'm here. Amen. I'd like to accomplish something. I don't just want to stumble across the finish line. I'd like to go across the finish line running. That's I used to run track and field. I crossed the finish line sprinting. See, our forward vision, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. So, you know, if, if you're having a hard time with sanctified lifestyle, you might want to visit your prayer life. You might want to think about your church schedule. You might want to think about more fellowship with the right people. You might want to deduct some things out of your life, not just pack up. But Brother Branham said, unpack. See, So we, we need to make sure that we're not casting off restraint. When, here it is from the New Living Translation. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. (laughs) And how? Oh my goodness. Could I spend the rest of the service tonight testifying to that, reading it that way? When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. And I'm not talking about my guidance. I'm talking about divine guidance. I mean, my guidance could hit and miss, but divine guidance is always perfect. Now, it might not always seem like the way to you, but trust me, it's perfect. Here's another one from Eugene Peterson's message translation. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. Now, this is exactly why every time those first four seals open under a lion and an ox and a man and a flying eagle, the spirit of the living creature says, come and see, come and observe, come and take notice, come and, come and pay attention. Because something is happening that's that's not just hyperbole. It's not just a story. It's not just a parable. This is happening in real time. There's an antichrist and there's a Christ. And you're being led by one or the other. And if you can't see what God is doing, you know, you, you need to think about, again, you need to figure out what it is that's hindering your vision of God's presence in your life. God's blessing in your life, God's plan for your life going forward—it's all about a vision. It's all about revelation. Amen. Here it is from the Amplified version: "Where there is no vision, no vision of God, the people perish." Amen. That is a, an amazing statement. You agree? Now, let me, let me do one quick thing here. Ready? Okay. All right. So where there is no vision, where there is no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. Friends... You know, the devil is just nasty. He's hateful. He's mean. He's a murderer. He's a liar. The last thing he wants you doing when you wake up in the morning is having a hope for the world to come. Or to have a hope that you are a son and daughter of God. Or to have a hope that, that the token is over your home. Or to have a hope that angels... Are encamped around you. That's the last thing he wants. But you can rest assured they are. He is, and you are going in a rapture. And and so so you you need to have this re- revelation that you are redeemed, that you have passed from death. Under life, that you can never come into the judgment, you need to have a revelation that there is now, right now, therefore no condemnation Amen. even possible to them who are in Christ. Amen. As I've said before, you are unindictable. That's right. You cannot be charged. The Lord won't even hear the case. It, it, that, that, that judgment has already been passed and He will not even hear the charge against you because God is only looking from the eternal perspective thank God I'm standing here tonight as a man who says thank God that that's true amen and so if I'm going to be successful if I'm not if I'm not going to just fall down in discouragement and despair then I'm going to need to have a redemptive revelation of God that I know he is, and that I know he keeps his word, and that I know he loves me, and that he knows who I am. So I think that we could have established tonight, and I think you would agree with me that vision is the key. Revelation is the key. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see it. Keep saying that. The living creature keeps saying that. Come and see. Every age, come and see. Here's a new anointing. Come and see. There's an eagle anointing, which means there's a pale horse rider. Come and see. You need to see this. You can not You can hardly know God if you can't see Him. And I want to tell you something, friends. This is the age where you need to be able to see Him. You need to be able to see His movements. You need to be able to keep time with the rhythm of the Holy Ghost. You need to be able to move when the Holy Spirit is moving. Amen. Amen. So vision is the key. So that if vision is the key, then I don't think that there is really anything that we could desire more from God than to be able to say, be thou my vision. I'm happy if he's your vision, but I need him to be mine. I'm glad he was Brother Branham's. I'm glad he was Paul's. I'm glad he was Moses' vision. But I need him to be my vision. I need him to be my vision. We sing the song. It's actually a, a poem. Be Thou My Vision is actually, you know, it's a traditional Christian hymn of, of Irish origin. And it's actually based on a Middle Ages Irish poem. I don't know if you knew that. But it's actually based on a Middle Ages Irish poem that has been attributed to, to this man. If I, right, right here, to this man right here. Now, you can't hardly find a picture that's not all catholic up. It's been Catholic. But St. Dallin of Forghale, I have no idea if he's a saint. Uh, Brother Branham said, You have to be living to be a saint, yeah. which is the opposite of Rome. They say you have to be dead. And Brother Branham says, Well, saint means sanctified one. Yeah. So, how are you a saint if you're not alive, living a sanctified life? Amen. Hello, saints. Amen. See? Amen. I do know this. He, he wrote a, a wonderful. Uh, poem, Dallin Forg- Forgale, from the, he, uh, he was sixth century Irish poet and scholar. And so, you know, they're, 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 they're a little bit, history's a little bit iffy, and I don't want to say that I know it particularly because even historians say somewhere between the sixth and the 14th century, uh, this this poem was discovered and they think it was written maybe in the sixth or maybe in the eighth. Some scholars say the eighth, most that I could find, take take it back to this uh, man here in the sixth century. But in 1905, the poem was translated into English by Mary Byrne. And then it was versified by Eleanor Hall later in 1912. And it became the song that we sing commonly today. However, when you hear the song sung, uh, it's, it's really, you know, once, once it got turned into a song, it, it really departed in a number of ways from the original poem. And in fact, is the original poem is, is, is sung to the tune of an Irish folk melody that was first published in 1909. Remember, before the song, was just a poem. wasn't a song at all. But in 1909, uh, it was put into a song and sung to the tune of an Irish folk melody called "Slain." Now, not "slain," S-L-A-I-N, but S-L-A-N-E. In fact, is the hill of Slain is what it is famous for, and the the hill of Slain is actually a very important complex. It has some prehistoric history, some early um, um, what we would call the Christian era history. It has med- medieval monuments that are there. It's located in Ireland. It's actually situated a little northwest of the village of Slane from who it's named and the village. Ri- I think the hill rises up 158 meters above sea level. Now, the hill of Slane is known, the reason it's famous in Ireland is because of its association with Saint Patrick, amen. So we we find that Saint Patrick. Let me let me get my ducks in a row here. I'll, okay, one, one more thing. Two, Thank you. So it's associated then with Saint Patrick. Uh, not 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 the, not the one I want. Thank you. All right, and the reason that it is associated with St. Patrick is because you remember that St. Patrick was a, a, a young teenager, about 16. Most historians think he was around 16. He was a, he was a child of, of Roman parents who, when Rome had, had invaded the, the British Isles, and he was actually playing along the shore and Irish raiders, kidnapped him and a bunch of people they were slavers and he actually had Roman parents and he was hiding in the bushes but they discovered him and they took him captive and took him back to Ireland now actually in Patrick's memoirs he actually held no um even at the time even even when he was taken captive and he he actually felt that it was justified by God to do it because he knew that he had been a sinful young man he knew that you know his 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 family and his nation and even the area where he lived that they had really not lived according to the laws of god and nature and so he actually felt like they deserved it he became a christian while he was in captivity in ireland which was pretty amazing because it was filled with druids and all kinds of mysticism and and uh, devil worship and things like that. But we find then that, that while he was, he was there, he was working, I think, about seven years for uh, like an indentured servant. And, and he actually, as he became a Christian, now he's just, he's very young. He gets captured at 16 and he's there for about seven years. So during those formative years of his teen, teens and his early 20s, he actually records in his own writings that so great was his love and his relationship to the Lord that he would often pray a hundred times a day Amen. Wow. while he was tending to the herds. And then he would pray a hundred more times at night. In fact, as he, he, he records one time that he stayed on a mountainside in freezing weather with freezing rain and sleet. Uh, so that just so that he could rise very early the next morning and be on the hill, and so he could start praying immediately, and he didn't have to journey there and start praying. He could just wake up and start praying. Amen. This was the dedication of Patrick. And actually, he, one night, he had a dream that he, he's, he's somewhere in his early to mid 20s, and he had a dream that he got on a ship out in the ocean and it took him home to Britain. And sure enough, the very next day, guess what? He was on a ship headed to Britain. And he fled his captors and ran off and they they didn't manage to catch him until it was too late. He was already on the boat and there was others with him who had made a big, big dash for it and escaped on this ship. And when they got back to to Britain, it's like a three-day voyage as best I could find. But even when they got back to Britain, they, you know, it wasn't the UK as we know it today, but he had about um, almost 25 to 30 days of walking through the wilderness just trying to get back home. He just, they just made it to the island. And then he had, you know, 28 days, I think is one number that I heard, uh, that he, he finally got back to his family. And, and, you know, and they were starving. And all the people who were with him started to taunt him and say, Patrick, we're going to die of starvation. Where's that God of yours? And Patrick basically told them the same thing. Joan of Arc told the French army... God can't bless us if you're cussing and drinking and there's women following the camp. you got to get rid of all these camp prostitutes. you got to throw out all your alcohol. you got to stop cursing and taking the Lord's name in vain. And the, and the French army said, Okay, uh, Joan, that's what we'll do. And they did it. And then she started winning battles. Patrick told him the same thing. I stand in this pulpit and tell you the same thing. You want the power of God moving in your life? You need to get rid of the world. You need to push out. Brother Ram said, push out the world. And the Lord will come in and occupy that place. Is that what you want, friends? Oh, that's what I want so much. I want to I I have a vision. I want to have the power of the risen Christ. And so he began to tell them, "If you, you're going to have to dedicate your heart. You know, I, I, I'm dedicated, but you're going to need to be dedicated. If you get dedicated, God will preserve us. And they did, and he did. And they came, actually, they, they stumbled upon a herd of, of abandoned swine that were themselves half starved. So they, were, they, were, they really were too weak to even run away. So the people were able to kill and eat and they were sustained and he got home to his parents. And then, and then he, in, in, but before actually, I left this out, before he got home to his parents, the poor brother got captured again. But the Lord came to him uh, in the night and said, Patrick told him in an audible voice, said, don't worry. You'll only be captured for two days and you'll be free. And sure enough, on the third day, he managed to get his freedom and he made his way home. And then he was there with his parents for a little season. And then that voice of the Lord come back to him again. And he started having dreams. had like three or four dreams in a row. Three or four nights in a row. And he kept seeing uh, people from Ireland saying, Patrick, come back to us. Patrick, come back to us. We need your help, Patrick. Come back. And over the cries of his parents, I mean, here's a young man that had just... Had just fled captivity for seven years, and now he 's going to go back, but i 'm going to tell you what he 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 formed over two hundred churches, he baptized personally baptized a hundred thousand people i mean this this man was serious about his relationship to God and on on and so Christianity began to take over. And you had this, uh, this, this king. Uh, it's, it's pronounced almost like we would say the word Larry. It's Laori. Uh, and, and if you say it in Irish, it sounds like they're saying, I actually consulted a, a, a Gallic or, or Celtic, whatever that language that they speak in the old country. And he said, no, it's, it's pronounced Larry. And I said, well, it sounds like Larry. I have an Uncle Larry. And, and so, so he, he was the king of Tara. And the reason that the, the reason that the hill was so attached to Saint Patrick is because he got tired of, of all these this Christian growth of Christianity. Now remember, Brother Branham said the Catholic Church claims Saint Patrick, and Brother Branham said he was no more Catholic than I am. Said he spoke in tongues and raised the dead, and the power of God moved in his life. He was definitely not Catholic. And so this King Larry, the king of Tara, he made a proclamation that no one on, on, the, on Sunday, the, the coming Sunday, could light a fire. And so, well, he was talking to the wrong brother. Because when Patrick got a hold of that decree... And the king had said, whoever does it, he was the king of Ireland, said, it wasn't just terror, he was actually the ancient king of Ireland. And he said, whoever does it, I'll put him to death. Patrick went straight to that hill. And he didn't just light a fire, he built a bonfire. And, and you could see that fire, look at, look at into, the, into the distance, you could see that fire for miles and miles away. I'm going to tell you something, friends, this is a... This, this was a brother who you're kin to. This man knew the Holy Ghost like you know the Holy Ghost. This man will be in glory like you're in glory. I can't wait to meet him. I want to say, Patrick, oh, tell me about the days when you defied the, the King Lowry and you built your bonfire on the hill. Tell me about 200 churches and 100,000 baptisms. My. So, so Brother Branham says it like this now, because I'll read you that one in a second. Let me, let me catch this note first. So, so we, when we think about this poem, the, the hymn or really the, the, the poem expresses the desire to have God as your vision. Amen. That was what that saint, whatever his name was, Dalian or whatever his name was, that's what he was writing about, and his inspiration was off of Saint Patrick and his courageous hilltop bonfire. Amen. And so, and so that's why they they actually they the it, 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 it they actually called it originally. The poem was uh, using that title of slain, S L A N E, referring to that hill. So it expresses the desire to have God a, a, as the vision. To have God in your wisdom. Amen. To have God as your delight. Yes. Amen. To have God as your shelter. There's a big one. Amen. To have God as your treasure. Yes. Amen. You're going to have to decide, do you want riches or treasures? Amen. That's a big decision here in Laodicea, friends. Make your choice tonight. You want, you want riches or you want treasures? I'll take treasures. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. <coughs> If I'm going to get riches, it's going to be gold tried in the fire. The song expresses the desire to have God as the ruler of your life. The text of the poem is actually a prayer that asks for the presence of God in every aspect of the speaker's life. In other words, if you're going to get on your knees and pray the prayer of slain, then you're going to be. Asking God to be present in every aspect of your life, it asks that God be your meditation, be your speech, be your understanding. Amen. The prayer goes on to ask God, uh, God's protection in battle, as well as to preserve your dignity and to just downright be your delight. Amen. He is. Is my delight. Whoever is praying this prayer slain is is seeking refuge in God and, it, and, it, and it actually has the audacity to ask God that they someday be raised up to live with the angels. The prayer ends with a plea for God's love to be in their heart and their soul, and above all, for them to be granted a place in the kingdom of heaven. Where do you want to retire, friends? For me, the kingdom of heaven is all I long for. Brother Branham says it this way, one of my favorite quotes, I started to play in the soundtrack tonight, but I didn't, I just want you to be able to read it. In his Hebrews series, Hebrews chapter 2, number 2, he says this, God must have first place in your heart. First place in your life. First place in almost everything. Who's reading with me? So so you need to have two responses, amen or uh uh-uh. He wants to be first place in almost everything. Uh Uh-uh. In everything. In everything that you do or what you are, God must be first. He doesn't want the second place. He doesn't deserve the second place. Oh, my, is that ever true. Is that true, friends? Jesus paid a terrible price to be first in your life. Come on, teenagers. Come on, young people. He paid a horrible price that no one else was willing to pay on your behalf and you couldn't pay it. And, and, And if all the population of the earth paid it, it still wouldn't have done you any good. The only one who could do it did it. I want to start again. God must have first place in your heart. First place in your life. First place in everything that you do or what you are. God must be first. He doesn't want the second place. He doesn't deserve the second place. He deserves the best and the first and all that we got. I hope that's your desire tonight. I mean, here you are. You, I don't know what you might have expected that you might hear on a Wednesday night, but I hope that the word of God is challenging you deep down inside your heart to say, my goodness, I'm part of a great family of God and I got to count for something. I didn't get here by accident. Somebody put me here, some great being, and he has a, he has an exact mission that I'm on. He has a life that he wants to live through me. I I just say, Lord, I feel so privileged. I feel so privileged. You'd want me, me, yes, you, and you, and you, yes, have a revelation, have a redemptive revelation, have a, of God not just who he is but who you are not just who he is and who you are but him in you and what he's looking looking for you to accomplish in your life oh friends throw aside the world no wonder Paul would say lay aside the things that so easily beset you lay them aside so that you can run the race Paul says there's no there's no um, no military person allows himself to be encumbered with the things of the world so that he may please his commanding officer, says one translation. The original poem in English. Listen close. I started to put this up, but I I didn't on purpose because I just want to read it and I want you just to take it in. fact is. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. None other is aught to me but the king of the heavens. That's the poem. That's the original poem. Don't think of the song in your head. This is the original poem. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. None other is aught but the king of the heavens. In fact is, when... That sixth century saint wrote it, and the actual poem, he wrote seven heavens. So I don't know what kind of dogma that came from, but I know that Paul said I was caught up to the third heaven, so we're not, I'm not going to get into all of that. But I, I'm just going to read it like that. None other is aught but the king of the heavens. Listen to this now. Be thou my meditation by day and night. May it be Thou that I behold ever in my sleep. Be Thou my speech. Be Thou my understanding. Be Thou with me. Be I with Thee. Be Thou my Father. Be I Thy Son. Mayest Thou be mine. And may I be Thine. Be thou my battle shield. Oh, my. These were some rough days on those islands. Be thou my battle shield. Be thou my sword. Be thou my dignity. Be thou my delight. Amen. Amen. Be thou my shelter. Be thou my stronghold. We need him. We need him, friends. We need a shelter. You need a stronghold. You need a shelter. The Bible says a covert in time of storm. Oh, friends, the the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into him and are saved. Hallelujah. Be thou my shelter. Be thou my stronghold. Mayest thou raise me up to the company of the angels. Be thou every good to my body and soul. Be thou my kingdom in heaven and on earth. This brother ain't leaving nothing out. Be thou solely chief love of my heart. Let there be none other, O King of heaven. O High King of heaven. Let me read that again. Be thou solely chief love of my heart. Let there be none other, O High King of heaven till I am able to pass into thy hands my treasure, my beloved, through the greatness of thy love. Be thou alone my noble and wondrous estate. I seek not men nor lifeless wealth. Be thou the constant guardian of every possession and every life for our corrupt desires are dead at the mere sight of thee. Is that true, friends? Is that true in your heart? Thy love in my soul and in my heart. Grant this to me, O King of the heavens. O King of the heavens, grant me this. Thy love to be in my heart and soul with the King of all Piety, may I be in the kingdom of heaven, O brightness of the sun, S U N. Beloved Father, hear, hear my lamentations. Timely is the cry of woe of this miserable wretch. O heart of my heart, whatever befall me, O ruler of all, be thou my vision. Hallelujah. Let's stand, friends. Whatever, I love that last line. Oh, heart of my heart. Whatever befall me, O oh, ruler of all, be thou my vision. Bow your heads with me across the audience, friends. You can hardly Preach a sermon like that, and I hope that you can hardly hear a sermon like that without feeling like you need to be closer to the Lord. Well, all heads bowed and all all eyes closed now. You want to be closer to the Lord. You want to raise up a hand and say, Lord, I want to be closer to you. God sees those hands, honest hands. All heads bowed now. God sees those honest hands. Those honest hearts are underneath those hands. O King of the heavens, grant me this. Thy love to be in my heart and in my soul. With the King of all, with Him after victory won by piety, may I be in the kingdom of heaven, O brightness of the sun. Beloved Father, hear, hear my lamentations. Timely is the cry of woe of this miserable wretch. O heart of my heart, whatever befall me, O ruler of all, be thou my vision. While your heads are bowed, say, Lord, can you testify to that tonight? Lord, whatever befall me. Lord, whatever befall me. Whatever befall me. Are you honest enough to say that to him? Say, Lord, whatever befall me. Here's the one thing I need O ruler of all, be thou my vision. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for the word that we've heard. Come down, Lord, to an ending like this and it's hard to know, Lord, where even to stop a sermon like this. I suppose you don't really. We just come to a, to a part where we, in a little bit here, Lord, we'll go home, we'll head to our homes, we'll... Lay in our beds tonight. I hope we're thinking about what we've heard tonight. Tomorrow morning, Lord, when I rise, may I say, O oh, King of the heavens. O oh, King of the heavens. High King of the heavens. Be thou my vision. Hear me, hear me, Lord. Be thou my vision. I want to live among angels. I want to live in your kingdom. I want to serve His majesty, the King. I'm not worried, Lord, about tyrants of the world and earthly kings, earthly powers, principalities of darkness that want to hinder me, Lord. I can't get my life entangled in that. I want to be free. I want to be filled with your Spirit, Lord. I pray that hands that went up tonight, Lord, may there be fresh dedication. There's fresh dedication in this heart, Lord. Oh, I raise up my hands and say, Oh, Father of heaven. Father of heaven. May hearts be rededicated to you tonight. Lord, this this very first services, we're just a few services into the new year. High King of heaven. May you rule in our lives. In Jesus' name. You're going to sing that, Gene. And you're going to sing it, dead." don't know it yeah I would love to yeah amen come on and gather around friends gonna take up prayer requests if you have any that you haven't sent in get them to me straight away come on gather up close now don't hang back come on up here around the family of God Get around where it's warm. The Spirit of God is moving. I came of heaven I treasure.
2: Now and always. always. Oh, hallelujah. Oh. Uh. about it, friends.
5: day his mother was in the hospital having a hard time breathing they she's in the hospital now she has pneumonia she's quite elderly and um brother richie's asking us to pray for her i promised him we would amen praise the lord brother bruce paris wrote to let me know that the the cleaning lady tammy that we we had prayed for and she had that initial surgery and it went well the lord really helped her But after that surgery, for some reason, the pain wasn't gone. And With all the MRIs and the CAT scans and the x-ray, finally one doctor found an even larger growth uh, in the mandible area of her face. So she's going back to her surgeon today for a follow-up, set a new date for another operation for this new growth removal. So once again, Brother Bruce says, I'm asking for prayer that the devil will be cast out you'll have a complete victory. Amen. You're going to agree with Brother Bruce and Sister Linda and for Brother Richie's mother. I don't have any other needs that came in. you got a need. You want to raise up a hand to the Lord tonight. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for this time that we've gathered into this place tonight. Thank you for the word that we've heard. Thank you for the sweet atmosphere, Lord, that's here. I pray, Master, that this sermon will have plenty of mileage lord that in days to come lord that it'll still be rolling through the heart of the people grant it lord god as we take our place lord we take our place the this brother served lord the king and he he ran his race and he ran it quite well lord now it's our turn and i want to run my race quite well lord i want to cross the finish line in victory oh god I pray You will help us, Master, that that could be true in our lives. Lord, we're asking special prayer tonight for Brother Richie's mom, for Sister Douglas, even right now, a veteran warrior of the cross, been a Christian many, many, many years. There's a a warrior mother who stayed on her knees when it looked hopeless. A son that was so wild, so gone, so far into the world, Lord, every, every, every aspect of Richie's life looked hopeless, but that sister stayed on her knees. She stayed loving him. She stayed praying for him. She would wait up when he would come in drunk. She would wait up when he would come in late. She would tell him she loved him. She would pray for him before he goes to bed, even when he didn't want her to pray. But Lord, one of those days, you reached down and you grabbed a hold of Brother Richie, you burned all the world out of him. You filled him with the Holy Ghost and fire. Today, he carries the gospel, Lord. A mighty warrior because a mama would not give up, oh, Lord. She stayed a warrior now, Lord. She's suffering in the hospital, and we're praying for her, Lord God. We're asking mercy, tenderhearted, with great affection, Lord, may it be so, Father. Just because she's old doesn't mean she has to be sick. Lord, she could she could go to her reward in perfect health. Father, may it be so. Why should we not ask big things of Thee, Lord? We ask for this woman again, Tammy, who is the uh, the friend of Brother Bruce and Sister Linda. Lord and Father, you already got her through one procedure. Now we're coming to prayer, asking for again that you would help her, Lord. Be her help. Be near her, Father. Take her portion now, I pray. And may she be delivered of this terrible affliction. Lord, hands that went up everywhere. There are great needs, Lord. I think about Brother Darrell Ward, Sister Judy. Lord, and the doctors seemingly have given up hope for her, but there's always hope in you, Lord. I pray for her right now, Master, that you would have mercy on that case. Lord, and... And all of us who are here, Lord, in this Satan's Eden, fighting along, strengthen us, Lord, by thy might. Give us us vision, Lord. Give us a revelation of redemption in our lives that we might be strong and valiant warriors. Be our battle shield. Be our sword. Granted, in Jesus' name, be thou my vision. Oh Lord of
2: my heart.
5: Anybody got a testimony tonight before we let you go, Sister Nita? I think that's, believe it there. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry. Ever since I was a little
6: girl, my mom and dad sing that song in church. has a special song.
5: <sighs> um, Your dad was the first one I ever heard singing.
6: keep feeling like I need to give a testimony because I um, almost weekly have a very near car accident. Um, not my fault. It's just, um, and I keep saying, oh, well, I should give a testimony, but you know, I don't. I've had boats fly off of trailers, come straight at me. Um, coming home from Charleston one day, a metal canoe looking big boat just flew and the only thing I could do was just cry out to the Lord because I was in its direct path and I physically watched the Lord bring a wind, (laughs) take that boat, (laughs) smash it to the side. Um, it's just been multiple, almost weekly, right beside me, cars get smashed. And I've been just procrastinating, but there's definitely the hand of God protecting me. Um, Almost to the point where, you know, Caitlin was like, Mom, I think we should just lock you up in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Saturday, we had to make a run to Walmart for the shower. Caitlin was following me, and right beside me, I don't even know what happened, all I All I know is I heard a big boom, and then this van drove over another car and flipped, and three vehicles all right around me were smashed, and the Lord just protected me again. So I just want to thank the Lord for his hand of protection, and um, I'm not going to lock myself in my house.
2: Amen. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah.
5: Hallelujah. Any others tonight before we go? Deb, you want to use that mic? All right. Um, So actually
3: I have two. One of them to give because, um, well, it's hard to give a testimony when you're up here. It's kind of a little bit more uh, nerve wracking. But um, we had family in town a while back and everyone was at the beach and it created a lot of sandy laundry. And right after all of the family left, I went to go start a load and realized that my dryer was broken and it's a brand new, like we got it like a year ago and nice dryer. And as a mom and wife, that's just soul crushing when an appliance like that doesn't work. And so I immediately just started hanging out my laundry and I was really upset about it. And I was talking to Elaine and just telling her um, how upset I was that the dryer was broken. And I was like, Um, you know I'm just gonna lay hands on it and pray for it almost like in a funny way but I I got off the phone and I prayed over the dryer and turned it on and it worked instantly (laughs) like not even didn't even have to wait like it immediately worked so that's the first one I've been waiting a while to give that one but the second testimony is um, for those of you that are close to me you know that I've been desperately wanting a new piano for a long time and It is something that my heart just longs to have because I get to come to church and play this nice one. And my piano at home is just average and I need to be more grateful for what I've got. But I just like, I would long and long and long for a nice piano. And last week, an old friend of Travis's called us and was like, "Um, hey, does your church need a baby grand piano? And Travis was like, no, we have one. And he was like, well, um, you know, do you know any churches that need one? We've exhausted all the churches we know. And Travis was like, no, we don't know of any other churches. And he had me on, he was, it was on speaker. And I was like, well, our church piano player would really like to have one. And he was like, well, why don't you call her and ask? And I was like, she is me. (laughs) So I was like, I will definitely take it. And he was like, well, this lady is closing down her. um, She had like a cafe restaurant in Hilton Head. And she was like, they're closing it down and they have this piano, um, but you just have to come get it sight unseen. Like there's no time to come play it. Like if you're coming, you gotta take it. And that's kind of scary when you're thinking about a massive piece of furniture like that. So um, I was like, we'll we'll take it just, I guess if I can't use it, then maybe someone else I know can. So Travis and a couple guys went to go get it. It was already wrapped up in blankets when they got there. And the whole time they were driving it to me, I was just like, Lord, let it please be nice. Please let it be one that I like. And they got it home and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's a tiny, tiny baby grand. It's white. It's like the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And um, they unwrapped it and it was like the nicest thing I've ever had in my whole life and um i was so sad because six of the keys were dead and it devastated me so much i couldn't even play it so i didn't really know what to do i called a piano repair they weren't going to come out for weeks so brother aaron our knight in shining armor came over on sunday and within a short amount of time had taken the entire thing apart fixed all the keys put it back together and it is the most beautiful sounding piano you've ever heard it's like Angels singing—it's so beautiful. Wow. After they left, I sat down and was just bawling. I could not believe the Lord gave me something so wonderful. So I want to thank Him publicly and just Amen. say how grateful I am for such a beautiful gift.
5: Amen. Amen. Anybody else before we go? Time for one more. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Larry, how long are you in town for, buddy? Friday. Like Friday next month or? parents <laughs> okay. shake hands, say God bless you. Everybody make sure you shake Brother Larry's hand. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Sing for us, children. Hey.
2: Oh, the Lord